Welcome to Kingdom Perspective Broadcast with Dr. David O. Ogaga. We'll continue with our study on the apocalyptic literature, that's prophetic symbols. Like I said before, you may have to find a need to go study the previous ones so that you can have a follow-up. I think last week we dealt with the issue of uh, the Lord's Day. Uh, I'm not going to spend much time on that today, but I want to continue with one of the prophetic language or symbol, which is trumpet. Often and again, we'll hear people talk about uh, the last trump or the trumpet of God, especially from the book of Thessalonians. And uh, it's commonly used to either cause people to sit up, if I may use the word, in the sense of the urgency. And maybe when the trumpet sounds and what finally or eventually will happen by reason of the sounding of the trumpet. So I want to be dealing with that tonight. Uh, I'm going to give a simple definition from the scriptures as to what Trump really is. And then we'll look into a few uh, literatures, that's a few passages that use the word trumpet, and then you see the application. Amen? Now, let's quickly look at the book of Matthew before I go to the book of Isaiah. Let's look at the book of Matthew for a simple definition the application of the word trumpet. Mighty 6. Mighty chapter 6. Praise the Lord. Let's look at verse 1 and 2. It will say, Take heed that ye do not your arms before men to be seen of them. Otherwise you have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. Take heed that you do not your arms before men to be seen of them. Otherwise you have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. Amen. Now verse 2. Therefore, when thou doest thy arm, do not sound what? A trumpet. Before thee. Don't sound a trumpet before thee. As hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets. That they may have glory of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. In other words, they have their reward already. Now looking at that scripture, what does it mean to sound a trumpet? Don't sound a trumpet of thee. In other words, don't sound your trumpet. So what does it mean to sound your trumpet? It simply means you do good and you're telling people you are the one that did it. Amen? Every little good thing you have done, you want people to know that you are the one that did it. And perhaps you have to even mention the people that you did it for. The Bible saying in so doing, you are sounding your own trumpet. So what does trumpet mean, even from that scripture? It simply means a message. Trumpet is simply a message. Nobody, nobody takes a trumpet in his mouth and begins to walk the street uh, with megaphone or something. It's, it's very simple. It's not literal. It's an attitude. It's, it's a message. You're telling people how good you are, how much help you've rendered to people, and things like that. The Bible says, so do you already got your reward because 
you're getting recognition from people for the things you are doing. By implication, you don't expect anything from God anymore because you already got it because you are making people see that you are the one that is doing it. You're taking the glory to yourself. Is that all right? So it's simply a message. It has nothing to do with a physical thing. It has nothing to do with a literal thing. It has nothing to do with somebody uh, going to go get something and then begin to sand it all over the place. Praise the Lord. Is that okay? Now, let me, like I've only been telling us, sometimes we need to go find out how these things are used, even in the Old Testament. Like I always said, there is a need for you to make comparison. Principles of false application are very important. And the first place we see trumpets used in the Old Testament is in the book of Numbers. So let's go to the book of Numbers chapter 10. Numbers chapter 10. You just write it down and maybe you find time to read it. Numbers chapter 10 from verse 1 to 13. Just write it down. Okay? But I'm just going to summarize it. In this place, God told Moses, you know, to make two silver trumpets. God said, make two silver trumpets. If you read the passage from verse 1 to 10 of the book of Numbers. And God instructed Moses to make this before the camp of Israel. It is something that he was going to use to communicate to Israel while in the wilderness. You know, we have a, so many of them were in the wilderness, millions of people, as the case may be. So now, if you want to deliver a message to people like that, practically it's impossible for you to send here and around the whole place. Or maybe you stand somewhere and begin to speak, people will hear you. Now God said, you make two silver trumpets. And um, this is the way he said they should apply the silver trumpet. Number one, if you blow two trumpets, it means all the men representative of the whole assembly of Israel are to gather at the tent meeting. Right? Two silver trumpets means all men representatives should gather at the tent of meetings. Number two, blowing one trumpet means the princes, which are the heads of the thousands of Israel, are to gather themselves unto Moses. One represents all the men. That is when you blow two times, all the men. If you blow once, only the princes should gather. Number three, blowing fluctuating blasts signals the breaking up of the camp. You can find that in verse 3 to 7. In other words, when Israel is about to move, to say, well, pack up the tent, get your pegs, we're about to move now, there is going to be a kind of fluctuating blowing of the trumpet. Then Israel knows that they're about to move. Amen? Praise the living God. So apart from that, you find there are various uses. Now, 
If you look at the things I just mentioned, it simply means the trumpet was a means of communication to the people of Israel while in the wilderness. Is that all right? So it's like today, you can place an advert on TV. Is that okay? Right. Uh, you can do a broadcast on, on any station. You are broadcasting, you are communicating. So essentially, trumpet from Book of Numbers simply means a medium of communication. Is that all right? Trumpet simply means communication. Right. Now, you have to study the usage of any particular trumpet that is stated. Then you'll be able to know what it is used for. Because the trumpet also used to summon people to war. All right? Okay. Um, for instance, if you look at Joel chapter 2, you can just write it down. Joel chapter 2, verse number 1. If you read that, the Bible says, Sound the trumpet in Zion. Okay? Now, this was not a trumpet of gathering people together, but a trumpet of warning of imminent danger. Trouble is coming, warned the people. But it causes sound what? The trumpet. He wasn't saying, Let Joel carry a trumpet in his mouth and begin to walk the streets of Israel. But it's like saying, Joel warned the people against the trouble that is coming to them. That is also called what? A trumpet. If you feel like writing, you can write Amos 3 verse 6. Amos 3 verse 6. Go cross-check all of that. Hosea 5 verse 8. Amos 3 verse 6. Hosea 5 verse 8. Ezekiel 33 verse 3 and 6. Praise the living God. So, I'm just going to leave you on that. There are other passages that I need to give to you. But I'll leave you on that. Now, you come to the New Testament. I want us to read a scripture to prove something in terms of the application of this. I mean, still giving definition to what trumpet means. Let's get down to 1 Corinthians 14. 1 Corinthians 14. Look at verse 8. 1 Corinthians 14, verse number 8. The Bible says, For if the trumpet gives an uncertain sound, who shall prepare himself to the battle? Amen. If the trumpet gives an uncertain sound, who shall prepare himself for the battle? What is that supposed to mean? It means the trumpet was supposed to signal whether there is going to be a warfare or there is a warfare and people should be ready for the warfare. Amen. Praise the living God. It means when you say uncertain sound, that means a sound that is not clear. Because like we read before, if Israel was to break camp, there is a fluctuating sound. Everybody will know it's about time we break camp. Amen? Right. And if he said, okay, we want only the prince, the princes and the old families or the tribe of Israel to come forward, there is a single blast or so of the trumpet 
And everybody knows that Moses wanted the princess to come to him. And then when he sent it twice, of course, they get to know that it's like the representative of all the men in the camp should come to Moses. So here Paul is saying, if a trumpet sounds and it's not distant, it's difficult for people to prepare themselves for war. It means that it's the way the trumpet sounds, people of thought just immediately get to know that there is a call for war, for warfare. Are you following what I'm saying here? So the trumpet is a means of what? Communication. That is just what he's saying. So, if God wants to speak to his people, depending on what he wants to say, it is conveyed through the symbolism of what? Trumpeting. Hallelujah. Now, like we read before in the book of Numbers, it's another way of saying if God wants to send a trumpet, it's like saying inviting his people to come together. It's like consolidation. Right? God wants to gather his people, so how does he inform them? He sounds a trumpet. Praise the living God. So basically, in ancient time, like right enough, uh, the first Corinthians 14, but the basic sense in which trumpets are used was to serve the purpose of getting people ready for war or battle. Amen? Praise the living God. I want you to just speak that. So symbolically speaking, it was God's call to his people to consolidate their spiritual forces in preparation towards him and against him, I'm against the enemy. In other words, get ready and come to me and get ready. I'm going to send you out, or there is a warfare, you'll be ready. That's the primary meaning of the application of the word trumpets. Hallelujah. In other words, if God wants to warn his people against invasion, if God wants to warn his people against destructive forces coming into the body. The means by which he does that is through the medium of what? Trumpeting. Praise the living God. Let's get down to the book of Isaiah, chapter 27. Let me just read this. Isaiah 27. Isaiah 27, verse 13. Look at what it says. And in that day, a great trumpet will sound. Those who were perishing in Assyria and those who were in exile in Egypt will come and worship the Lord on the holy mountain in Jerusalem. Now, I want you to get that. A great trumpet will sound. Those who were perishing in Assyria, and it talks about those who were in exile in Egypt, they will come and worship the Lord on the holy mountain in Jerusalem. What is that supposed to mean to you? Those who were perishing were the Jewish people who had been in captivity for 70 years. Alright? So that there was to be returned. When you talk about the return, he's dealing with his return in 536 BC. When God called forth his people to come out of captivity, 
out of bondage. And he used the word trumpet. So it's like consolidating, it's like gathering his people from wherever they were. In exile, in captivity, in bondage, this trumpet sound that the people begins to come back home. Now, get this right. Often and again, God is going to send a person to make the declaration. It's like the King Cyrus made a decree that all Jewish people should return. Are you getting what I'm talking about? Such an information or such a decree to God is what? A trumpet. Now, I'm trying to take my time to get you into all of this so that you will have to have an understanding when we come to the book of Thessalonians or whatever the case may be so that it doesn't begin to look like God is going to be floating from the sky. In fact, I've made up my mind. I'm going to deal with that fully next week. First Thessalonians 4, when they say when the last trump sound, then Christ is going to come. But when you go through other translations, it talks about it was a preparation for the Lord to come. It was not a trumpet that was bringing the Lord. It was a trumpet of preparation. Let me give you a simple illustration. Gone are the days, I don't know if it is still there right now, but I remember when I was young, even in this city, worry here, when Gowan was to come on visits, right? We used to have expat riders. Is that okay? Yeah. We will line up the street, the expat riders are coming, we will see a helicopter up there. Gowan have not yet come. But all this thing he read what? He's coming. That is why you see in Thessalonians. He talks about the voice, the sound, the trumpet, and then the Lord comes. All of those things were preparations. Symbols of preparation for the appearing of the Lord. I will deal with that fully next week. So when King Cyrus made the decree... For the people to return from exile, that's what we're reading here in the book of Isaiah 27. That was a trumpet to bring back those who were in exile and those who were perishing in Assyria. But King Cyrus had to bring it back home. And that decree which King Cyrus made is called what? A trumpet. Did you get that? Is anybody following me? I want you to understand. So, when King Cyrus made the decree and said, wherever there is a Jewish man, let him begin to return back to Jerusalem. 536 B.C., God is calling that word a trumpet. Now, we didn't see Cyrus carry something in his mouth and begin to walk the streets. But that's the kind of thing that Christians are expecting. Have you seen pictures before in calendars? And see angels, seven trumpets in his mouth. And people buy it and put it in their home too. Amen. It's good for Sunday school class for children. Children's Sunday school class. It's good. Uh, you can start from there. But for an adult who ought to know God's word, for you to be hanging such a thing in your house and expecting that, you need deliverance. It simply shows you are not reading the book. You're looking at pictures to interpret book. Hallelujah. Are we together? 
So here God was bringing back his people, like I said, it's like a realm of consolidation. Bringing back the people who were in captivity. And King Cyrus had to make the decree. People began to return. Rebuild the city, rebuild the walls. The trumpet sounded. Hallelujah. Let's get out of the New Testament. I'm not going to spend time. I just want to deal with two or three passages for you to have an understanding. And then you can go and read. Like I told you before, I'm just giving you keys so you go and study some things for yourself. And when you begin to read, you don't get confused. You should be able to know or have an understanding of the things you are reading. Are we together? Mighty 24. This one is the one that interests me most. You know I love this book, this particular book of Matthew 24. Uh, hallelujah. Matthew 24, look at verse 29. Some of you, I believe by now, should be able to be interpreting Matthew 24 more than I, I can or more than I can do. You have seen so much in this passage and uh, I mean it's becoming easy for you that when you are reading, you are not seeing the end time, you already seen the re-end time, Amen. <laughs> Matthew 24, verse 29. The Bible says, Immediately after the tribulation of those days, shall the sun be darkened, and the moon shall not give a light, and the stars shall fall from heaven, and the powers of the heaven shall be shaken. Now remember, this is just talking about what is going to happen to Jerusalem. All the powers, all the system of the religious organizations, all the Levitical priesthood, everything is coming down. Stars falling mean people who are occupying position of spiritual authority over the people, are coming down. Amen? Verse 30. And then shall appear the Son of the Son of Man in heaven, and then shall all the tribes of the earth mourn, and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. Verse 31. And he shall send what? His angels. With what? The great sound of a trumpet. And they shall do what? Gather together his elect for the four wings of one end of heaven. What? How do people are expecting this? <laughs> people should be expecting this too. Amen? Now, I don't know. Those who think about trumpet to be literal thing, as if this has anything to do with Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians 4. Here the Lord says he's going to send his angels to go out and blow the trumpet. To gather the people from the four corners of the wall, all the earth. Now, you take this back to Isaiah 27, the answer becomes very simple. The understanding becomes very clear. It's a gathering together of God's people that are scattered all over the nations. Is it simple? Good. When King Cyrus made a decree, it was a proclamation to say, let all the Jewish people return back to Jerusalem. And God is saying here he will send his angels and will blow the trumpet to gather his elect from the four wings of the earth. Praise the living God. Who basically are the angels here? Angelob. That is the original Greek word. And actually it means his messengers. Who are Jesus' messengers? His apostles. Hallelujah. Angels doesn't mean creatures with wings. That is what we've been taught, but that is absolutely very wrong. Scripture describes angels to be people. I mean, the only, only creatures that had wings in the Bible were supposed to be cherubim and seraphim. 
But I also have an explanation because watch this. Scripture tells us he that dwelleth in the secret place under the most high by under the shadow of the Almighty. And when you keep reading, it talks about you being dwelling under the wings. Does God have wings? In fact, other translators use the word feathers. Is God a bird? Am I talking here? So, where do you find the feathers of God? The feathers of God are found between the cherubims and the most holy place. On top of the ark. Those creatures that looking on each other and touching with the wings of each other, the cherubim, on top of the ark, that is what you see in Psalm 90 being described as the wings or the feathers of the Lord. Because in between the place, on top of the ark, is where you find the glory of the Lord. So you read about feathers and maybe you'll be thinking God used to fly in the night too. Amen. Are you there with me? So here we said angels of his. He's talking about his messengers. Who were his messengers? The apostles. He said after the tribulation of those days, God is saying he is going to send for his apostles and their successors in the Christian ministry. Going out to make a declaration and then Listen, do you know, if you look at Luke 21 very well, you find that the Bible, I think I read that uh, in one of these uh, sections. It said, when you see all this thing beginning to happen, look up for your salvation right now. How many of you remember that? Good. So we know that the tribulation signals the breaking forth of God's kingdom. Right? So, as soon as that happens, the apostles goes out, and they begin to make declaration. What is that supposed to mean? The elect of God are basically the Gentiles who are not being brought into the fold. Paul writing in the book of Romans says, the Gentiles were grafted. How many of you remember that? Good. They are led by grace. Gentiles were led by grace. Now the Bible is telling all they are not being brought into the fold. And how they being brought, how they coming back to God, in what sense are they coming? Because there's a proclamation, there's a declaration by the apostles. Immediately, if right from the time of Pentecost, but essentially after the fall of Jerusalem, the world went forth. And then you and I and every other people begin to come in. That is when actually the very message of Christ, after the fall of the temple, after the destruction of Jerusalem, that is when basically the message of Christ began to go forth all over the nations of the world. Amen? That is a trumpet. So basically, what I'm doing, I'm blowing a trumpet. Can I hear me into that? Don't expect somebody to carry a megaphone like maybe you do uh, sometimes morning cry. We used to call it morning cry. I remember. It's no problem. That's fine. But that is not what you are expecting in the book of Matthew, nor in the book of First Thessalonians. No way. You, you, you'll be watching or praying for this, but it's not going to happen. Because no angel is going to fly over your head with a trumpet one day. If you can't listen to what the scriptures is saying, if you can't listen to what God is sending for his people to declare to you today, you never can hear anything else. Hallelujah. So he talked about with the great sound of trumpet, the clear sound of the message, the affectionate call of the gospel of peace, life, and salvation to be released after the tribulation of those days. That's what he's talking about, great trumpet. It's great because 
It's many. It's volumes. It's just like you read in the book of Revelation. It talks about a great sound. You know, I'll talk about voices of many waters. It's talking about more people proclaiming the same thing. What does audience speak? Amen. Hallelujah. Talk about a sound as of many waters. What is that supposed to mean? Have you been to the ocean? The ocean begins to speak to you before? Praise the living God. That's why sometimes when you read the scripture, you need to think. You need to have the spirit to help you out. Okay, let me give you this scripture for instance. The Bible says, The glory of the Lord shall cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. How do you reconcile it? Waters covering sea. What is sea? What is water? <laughs> Does that make sense to you? I can water cover the sea. This sea is already water. Are you saying you remove the water, you can see how sea? Then water will come and cover it. What is talking about? But we read these things, we don't think. We can even quote it. Are you still there with me? But when you go to Revelation, what is he going to talk about? He talks about the sound of, as of many waters. The voice of many people making proclamation of the same message. Amen? That is why here you find it's a great sound of what? Of a trumpet. The message of salvation be proclaimed by the apostles and all of that. So it talks about they shall gather together his elect. This sound called forth, like I said here, the gospel is bringing in of the Gentiles who are now chosen or elected in place of the rebellious, obstinate Jewish people, according to the word of our Lord. In prediction, no, God made a prediction in the book of Matthew chapter 18. I would like us to read that. Matthew 8, rather. So when you talk about elect, he's talking about the people that have just been brought in because some people could not stay to maintain their rights and privileges as heirs of the kingdom. Matthew chapter 8, verse number 11. Are you there with me? And I say unto you that many shall come from the east, west, and shall sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the children of the kingdom shall be cast out into outer darkness. They shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Can you get that? The children of the kingdom. Who are the children of the kingdom in this context? The Jewish people. And he said, men shall come from the east, from the west, from the south. And they shall sit with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of God. But those children of the kingdom shall be cast into outer darkness. And that's a prediction. So those coming from the east and west to sit together with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is you and I, the Gentile people. Are you getting that? That's what he said. So, that's what he's talking about, the elect being gathered together by reason of the sun. What is that supposed to mean? The gospel is preached, the Gentiles believe, but the Jewish people don't believe. Amen. Hallelujah. So, the children of the kingdom, like I said here, were the Jews were born with a legal right to it, but are now finally forfeited a right by their lifestyle and rebellion. So the Gentile with faith has to come in, and now they have to be cast out from what was supposed to be their legal world, inheritance. That's what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 8. And that's what he's proclaiming in Matthew chapter 24. After the tribulation of those days, after the destruction of Jerusalem, 
after all of those things has happened, the message we go for was a message now, the trumpet. And he said, a great trumpet will now sound. And what happened? His elect will now be done, we don't watch, be brought in. Just like King Cyrus made a declaration, which is the trumpet, and the people that were in captivity begin to do what? To come back home. So trumpet is simply nothing but what? A message. Are we together? Praise the living God. So like I said, at this stage you'll find that the spread of the gospel of the kingdom by implication, the Christian faith begins to rise very fast after the destruction of Jerusalem, after the people begin to move out, make proclamation, the apostles all over the place making proclamation. Speed was given to this gospel and a lot of things begin to happen. Men begin to come and Gentiles begin to be born again. Salvation message, all of that, the peace of God begin to spread immediately after the tribulation of those days through the sounding of what of the trumpet hallelujah amen let's if you look at luke on the account of that uh, we read that a few weeks ago but look at luke chapter 21 luke 21 look at verse 22 to 23 down to 24 i'm going to read this tonight in the perhaps Shut down and continue next week from there, but I just wanted to get a simple definition of trumpet tonight. Um, are you there with me in the book of Luke? Praise the Lord. Luke 21. Let me read from 22. For these be the days of vengeance, that all things which were written may be fulfilled. But woe unto them that are weak child, and to them that give suck in those days. But there shall be great distress in the land that wrought upon these people. And they shall fall by the edge of the sword and shall be led away captive into all nations. And Jerusalem shall be thrown down of the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. Amen. This is talking about the destruction of Jerusalem. Remember, we dealt with that uh, in, in this series that we were dealing with. But I want to make some observations here. Record how the, that the Jews who fell by the sword was very, very great. About 1,100,000 people died by the sword. Going by the record of Josephus and all other write-up in history. Those who were killed with the sword at that particular time. About 1,100,000 people died. And that's exactly what Luke was writing about. Amen. Many were slain in other places and other times. In fact, it was said that at Caesarea, Titus, you know General Titus, how many of you remember that? Okay. He murdered 2,500 Jews in honor of his brother's birthday. For his brother to celebrate a birthday, he killed 2,500 Jews to celebrate. If you truly go into records, I mean, you know that something really, really happened. What Jesus predicted actually came to pass. It's not a future thing. Luke 21, Matthew 24, it's not a future thing. It took place. Hallelujah. Just to honor his brother's birthday, General Titus, 2,500 Jews were slaughtered. Praise the Lord. And all that numbers at Beritus, another city, in honor of his father's son, 
were thrown to the wild beasts. Others were burnt alive. Just to honor his father. If you're a Jewish man, throw you to wild beasts. Beasts will tear you apart. Just to honor his father. These are what Jesus said in Matthew 24. Amen. So the Jews were miserably maltreated. They were killed. They were murdered. All based on their rebellion and the prediction that Jesus gave in relation to Matthew 24. But watch this. The Bible says, when all these things begin to happen, then the Lord will send forth what? His angels. That's the key thing. Remember, don't forget that. Don't allow the 2,500 birthday sacrifice to remove your mind from what we're dealing with. We're dealing with the trumpet. Is that okay? In the midst of all that, the Bible says, God will send for his messengers and with a great sound what? Of a trumpet. To do what? To gather together what? His elect for the four wings of the earth. That's what we're talking about. So trumpet have nothing, again I repeat, to do with something like that, you know, them looking up in the sky, want to see angels blow trumpet. You are not going to see anyone. Every day, those of you watching TV, left and right and all that, watching uh, Christian station, trumpet has been sounded. But unfortunately, most of the trumpets, you can't truly design the sound. That's the only problem. Are you sitting there with me? Because the Bible says, if a trumpet you sound an uncertain sound, that's the only problem. You're hearing sound, but they are uncertain. So as you tune in to your Christian TV stations, you are hearing a trumpet. But the only problem is, what sound is the trumpet producing? I was just reading it this afternoon. One of the world celebrities is invited to go preach in one of the mega churches in the U.S. It's not a, it's not a preacher, but it's one of the guest speakers. What is she going to say? I don't want to mention names here. What is she going to say? Celebrities in the pulpit. What is she going to say? How to paint face, how to... Change the colors of your face, how to fight for your right. I'm talking of a woman in South Africa. Oh, maybe I'll let you know. Invited to the U.S. to go preach in Megafest. Does it make sense? What kind of sound will it be coming? Will be coming out of her? Praise the Lord. So what am I trying to say here? There are a lot of things that you can find opportunities to really, I mean, room will not be, if I decide to begin to tell you the things that happened in AD 70, some of you will literally begin to cry. Because the Jews were treated like beasts. In fact, what Hitler did to them alone is horrible. All over the world, they were treated as the offscourt of the society. You can't identify yourself as a Jew as at that time. Are you following what I'm talking about? You see, Jesus came, mighty 23, read the Bible. When he saw Jerusalem, he began to cry. How many of you remember that? See, how have I decided to gather you as a hand we gather at you 
all that have win, but you win not. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, that killer the prophets. Jesus wept because of what he was seeing ahead that was going to come. And after making that prediction, after weeping in mighty 23, made the prediction in mighty 24. And then he died. And it took another 40 years for those things to come to be. And Mary went and said, where be the sign of his coming? Hope he said he will move. Hope he said he was going to come. And that's what Peter was writing about. The scoffers will come and say, where be the sign of his coming? Our fathers lived and they had died and we are living. We are already 40 years old and they said he's going to come in judgment. Where is the judgment that we are talking about? Praise God. Hallelujah. Let me take one more scripture on the trumpet tonight. And then um, our day will first Thessalonians fully next week. You like that? Amen. First Corinthians 15. Let's look at verse 20, 52 rather. Some of you need to get hold of our book on our resurrection hope is not rapture. You take time to read. You're going to find all of this in a spleen. Major portions. First Corinthians 15, verse 52. The Bible says, In a twinkle, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. Amen. Amen. Now you see, The last trump, and they will tie it up with Jesus coming. There is nothing wrong. But if you take time to examine these scriptures, this is what you will see. In a moment, the word moment is not in terms of time. That your war clock is ticking or something like that. You have nothing to do with time frame. You have nothing to time with nothing to do with that. The word moment is actually taken from the word atomos. From where you have the word atoms. Right? In your chemistry. And often and again, I think atom is described as the Indivisible, whatever. Is that okay? Hallelujah. So by implication, and watch this. If we are to change, it's only trying to say every structure of our being will receive a change at the last trump. Meaning, there is a message that will cause a change in our being. Incorruptibility, which is immortality, is released via a trumpet. Amen? Atomos, which is atom, like I said. Indivisible aspect of an element or whatever the case may be. And then you come to the issue of twinkling of an eye. The twinkling of an eye is not the blinking of an eye. The Greek word for twinkling is the word repay. R-I-P. 
not rest in peace, repay. Okay? Now, watch this. This is the way it is. If you were to be in a room, you are alone in the room at about maybe 2 a.m. in the night, no sound anywhere. Are you getting what I'm saying now? The streets are all calm, everybody's sleeping deep, no sound anywhere. And you are sitting down, maybe facing on a particular direction. And all of a sudden, your door was forced open. What's going to be your natural reaction? A swift turning to see what has happened. Is that okay? Right. That swift turning to see what is going on is what you call repay. Praise the living God. Did you get that? On the other hand, for instance, maybe you're sitting very calm and somebody just came and pricked your back with a needle. Huh? There's going to be a sweet turning, a jacking to respond to that thing. Is that okay? That is repay. So it's not talking about your eye blinking. What he's saying is, there's going to be a swift direction or redirection of our lives in terms of the sound we are receiving. And now we have to change our system. Come to think about it. How were you born again? You had a message. You responded to the message. Is that okay? Good. And that was a trumpet. But this last trump, it is last because this mortal body must put on what? Immortality. That is what it carries. So the last one carries immortal message. Hallelujah. And then, time will not permit us to begin to deal with each of the dead in Christ. Rise first. Like you find in the book of First Thessalonians. Dead in Christ doesn't mean you are buried in the cemetery. How many of you understand that? Because in Ephesians 2, verse 1 and 2, the Bible talks about those who are dead in sin and trespasses. If somebody is dead in sin and trespasses, it doesn't mean he's buried with sin. You're dead in sin and trespasses means sin is ruling your life. So if you are dead in Christ, it simply means Christ is ruling what? Your life. And he now says, when the last trump sound, the dead shall be raised what? Incorruptible. Not because you are in the cemetery. You don't have to be in the cemetery to be dead in Christ. In fact, if you are in the cemetery and you believe in the Lord before you died, you are asleep. You are not dead. We have those who sleep in Jesus. We have those who are dead in Christ. Amen. Stephen slept in the Lord. He didn't die. Acts chapter 7. They stoned him. And the Bible says he looked up. And Jesus stood up. He saw Jesus standing up. And then he gave up the ghost, as the case may be. In fact, he didn't say he gave up the ghost. The Bible says, and he slept in the Lord. So believers don't die. They do what? They sleep. And anybody that goes to sleep will always wake up. <laughs> are you getting what I'm talking about? So here the Bible is saying those who are dead in Christ, those who are being controlled by the Spirit of the Lord, whose life is completely being ruled by the Lord, at the sounding of the trumpet, they'll put on incorruptibility. So the change of the atomic structure of your being can only be communicated to you through the last trump, the message of the Lord himself. I'm going to explain that fully 
next week. So that you can have an understanding. The trumpet have nothing, one bit, to do with a literal object that somebody is going to carry and be flying in the skies. Nothing to do with that. And I want to say it again. Every day you hear the trumpet. Even as you come to service, you are listening to the trumpet. Amen? A trumpet is being sounded. There is a call. There is an invitation. There is a clarion call. There is a consolidation. There is a call God is sending forth. And as his people are responding to him and they are coming back, as it were, home to him as being their father. Amen? So all the people he's sending forth, the message he's sending forth, that is calling people to respond to God, to come back home, is what we refer to as what? A trumpet. So trumpet can either be a call for warfare or a call for consolidation. Amen? Depending on the passage, so anytime you read the passage, you should be able to understand what God is saying. Is he calling for these people? Or is it a warning message? Once you pick that out, your issue is solved. And so don't forget, I will read in Matthew 6, when you do your arms, don't blow what? Your trumpet. It means you too have a trumpet. Now, but I've never seen anyone carrying trumpet walking around the streets. Praise the living God. But yet, we are people that blow trumpet like the scribes and the Pharisees. Am I right? Hallelujah! For further information and message order, please call plus 234-803-481869. Or you can visit our website at www.gkai.net. God bless you.